0: On first down, they hand off to Marlon Mack, huge hole, 50-yard line, he's at the 40, still going
1: near sideline, he's at the 10, he's at the 5, and he will score, touchdown, Marlon Mack, touchdown, I-N-D-Y, and again it's picked off, it's
0: Darius Leonard, Leonard with his- INT, and he's streaking down the near sideline, he's at the 40, he's at the 30, he's at the 20, he's going to go, a pick six for the maniac. Kenny Moore gets to Deshaun Watson, that's a sack for Kenny Moore. Kenny has a pick and now a sack in the game. Horseshoe is back baby, the horseshoe is back. What's going on, Colts fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice podcast. I am your host, Cody Felger, and joining you as always Derek Larger, your other co-host. Derek, how are you doing, my friend?
1: Uh not too bad. You know, just uh glad that the warmer weather is finally here
0: and uh gotta get out
1: and be a little active today. But um yeah, we wanted to bring you guys some more Colts content, go over some uh, more press conferences that happened the other day, so let's get
0: to it. Absolutely, and we can start here um, with Ty Hilton. Um, him and Kenny Moore both talked to the media the other day. Um, lots of interesting nuggets of information, especially around Ty Hilton, a guy who was injured a lot of last year. Um, we really haven't talked about a ton this off season, but you know, a guy that's entering a contract year here. He's entering year nine. Um, since being drafted here uh, for the Colts in 2012. And so Hilton, um, who's 30 years old, he he talked about a few different things, um, especially we can start here with his contract year. Um, obviously, it's a year, you know, for everybody. You know, we've seen with even some of those uh, 2017 draft picks. Uh, contract years, normally they motivate players a lot to, to want to, you know, prove that they're worth another contract. And, and Hilton was kind of talking about um, – he wants another contract from the Colts. And he said, I want to be a Colt for life. Um, he said, but it's up, to, you know, it takes two sides. It's up to Mr. Ursay and Ballard now to get the job done. And he said, for me, I want to be a Colt. Um, so whatever I sign my next contract, whether that's going to be two, three, four years, I'm probably going to hang it up after that contract. I know it's kind of crazy, Derek, to even think about, you know, especially because I feel like a lot of Colts fans are still recovering even, you know, so many months later from the Andrew Luck you know, sudden retirement to hear T.Y. Hilton saying, yeah, probably one more contract and then I'm going to hang it up. Uh, What are your thoughts here on, on that, on Hilton kind of talking about that and then potentially, you know, hanging it up after a minimum of, you know, if he signs with the Colts for two years, a minimum of two years, but maybe up to like four years.
1: Yeah. uh, I saw that and I didn't realize at first what actually he was meaning. And then I just started seeing more of it. And then I realized, oh, well, Hilton's going to be gone in a few years um it may not be quite as sudden uh i can appreciate the guy letting not just like letting us know but like letting himself understand i can respect the guy who understands that you know i i I know when my limits reach and i think he realizes that like i'm gonna give it all i got over these next few years but i think he realizes that you know when he gets to be 33 34 or something like that um you know it, the, the odds of high level play start to kind of go against him and you know I can respect a guy who knows when to hang it up uh and I, I can respect that for sure uh doesn't mean it makes it any less sad to know that you know quite possibly the third best wide receiver that we've had come through this organization you know all of a sudden says hey I'm planning to hang it up after my next contract extension but you know i i do hope that ballard and ursay get this done um I, I don't believe that there will be any issues uh ty hilton mentioned that you know obviously with uh with the issues put in place because of covid it's kind of difficult sometimes to get deals done and especially when dealing with contract extensions you really don't want to do it over the phone or over Uh, conference call. So, of course, he would rather have it done in person, kind of talk about it more in that respect. But, um, yeah, I I don't think there's going to be that much of an issue um, with getting him a contract extension. I do believe that Ballard knows. I think this year that we know T.Y. Hilton can stay relatively healthy and performs with Phillip Rivers, um, that Ballard's going to want to keep him around. Because T.Y. Hilton, again, is another great locker room presence and to keep guys like that in the locker room especially on this offensive side with the with the offense being so young as is I mean T.Y. Hilton is other than Anthony Costanzo is the offensive veteran he really is so um yeah it's saddening uh to know that T.Y. Hilton expects to be gone within a couple years you know whether that's uh two years whether that's three or four who knows but just to know when sometime in the near future he's going to be gone it is sad but again i do respect his decision i respect uh him understanding what it's close to being done and i do respect that him wanting to be a cult was emphasized says he wants to stay here i really hope he does and i do believe he will uh it's just up to chris ballard at this point
0: Mm mm-hmm and Hilton did say the Colts have been discussing a contract extension, but you know, if this is, if, if they do not, uh, if the Colts don't at some point this off season before the regular season starts, this will be the first time in T Y Hilton's career that he's playing under a contract year. You know, normally the Colts have extended him before playing in a contract year, just because he's been one of the best receivers in the league at, in the past nine years. And so, you know, I kind of want to touch on the point, Derek, that you were talking about just with the injuries and, you know, getting older. I mean, yeah, I know T.Y. Hilton in 2018 played through, you know, basically his entire ankle being, yeah. like, injured. Um, but yep. The facts are, like, the last two years, T.Y. Hilton has dealt with injuries. And I think that, you know, it's just kind of what happens with age. And, you know, somebody asked him, you know, T.Y., do you feel like this is something that comes with age, or do you feel like it's something that comes – it was just kind of some freak injuries? And T.Y. honestly said, I feel like it was just some freak injuries that happened. Obviously, you know, last year he said, I just – you know, could not get right, and then the year before that freak injury, just like with my ankle, that that stuff rarely ever happens. And so, uh, but you know, especially with the kind of player that T. Y. Hilton has been in his career, mm-hmm. not going to be a big red zone threat because he's not even six foot tall. But you know, just the speed and and the dynamic ability that he has, uh, I feel like that stuff diminishes a lot quicker than if he's six five, you know, Michael Pittman type of body type, just because. Uh, He doesn't have those physical attributes. He beats them with blue chip speed and blue chip, you know, just getting open. And also
1: when it comes Uh, to when it comes to his speed, I mean, people often forget he is a possession receiver. I don't know. I don't care who you are or what you think of T.Y. Hilton. Go watch his catches. Just go watch every catch he makes and tell me he's not a possession guy that possesses uh, wide receiver just burner speed. Honestly, it really is amazing because he is a good combination of both. Now, do I think he has the the hands of a Reggie Wayne? Not necessarily, but he does have great hands. He's made a lot of great catches that weren't always great throws um, that I've seen throughout his career, mm-hmm. and he still has that speed. So he plays both roles. He really does. So it's, it just goes to show you, he's not just your one type of player from a speed perspective. He is a guy that you can hit on almost any route from whether it be five yards away or 40 yards away. He can make that catch however you need him to.
0: Yeah. And he's the guy that definitely plays a lot bigger than his height indicates. Um, you mentioned, yeah, he's a guy that I don't know how many countless times I've seen a ball be thrown up. and T.Y. Hilton comes down with it. I'm like, how in the world did T.Y. Hilton just do that? You know, I even think back to uh, his rookie year, I believe it was that Miami game. It was the Miami or the Buffalo game where Hilton just went up and snagged a ball like he had like two defenders on him, somehow got the ball. So you're right. You know, T.Y. Hilton's a guy that, yeah, maybe his body type and his height is not what you think of when you think of a possession receiver type of thing. Obviously, we know he's a burner. When he gets the ball in his hands, he's super dangerous. But he has a different element. He's just the guy that's going to go up there and get it. And so I think that's something that, you know, is – it's very rare amongst, you know, smaller receivers like T. Y. Hilton, but he's just a guy that's an all-around, just great player. Yep. And he's a guy that's throughout his career. Obviously, he got drafted with Andrew Luck, but we know all the injuries that happened to Luck and the other quarterbacks. I believe Phillip Rivers will be the ninth quarterback now um, that T. Y. Hilton's gonna play with throughout his career, which is absolutely wild to even think about. <laughs> but you know, just showing how great of a receiver T.Y. Hilton is, I mean, he's put up, besides last year and I believe his rookie year and, and then the year with Jacoby Brissett where he was only like 20 yards out, he's pretty much posted a 1,000-yard seasons with all these different changes at quarterback, and I don't think that can be understated either. Um, but, you know, Hilton, Hilton also talked about, you know, speaking of that, he also talked about working with Phillip Rivers. Um, he, was, he was asked about, you know, um, what he feels like Rivers can bring. To the Colts, um, what he feels like, this passing offense, you know, obviously it was one of the worst in the league last year. And, you know, he was asked about it. And, you know, Hilton basically said, I feel like I see Phil taking us to the next level. And we've agreed with Hilton here um, in thinking that the Colts passing offense is going to inevitably get better. You know, whether or not yep. they turn the ball over more than last year, and um, that's definitely a question mark. But, you know, the, the truth is Philip Rivers in his career – has statistically had a top 10 top five passing offense about every year he's been there um what do you think do you agree with Hilton here um do you thinking that Philip Rivers can take this Colts passing offense potentially to a new level that it didn't even sniff in 2019 absolutely I believe it can
1: it's just one of those things that you know again we everyone's been trying to say how much better is Philip Rivers than uh Jacoby Brissett right well You've been seeing a lot of players say that you know we're we're excited to have Philip Rivers in here. He's going to add a new element to this offense. He's going to bring him to a new level. They weren't saying that with Jacoby Brissett. Not s- questioning Jacoby Brissett as the player, as the uh, person, just as in the talent that he has as a player. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. Philip Rivers is a, an experienced quarterback, probably a future Hall of Famer, a guy that brings a lot of experience. Um, And T.Y. Hilton certainly is uh, excited about that. I would be, too. I mean, he plays the exact kind of game that T.Y. Hilton wants to play in, wants to be able to run a whole different combination of routes, and Phillip Rivers knows it. And I I certainly think that T.Y. Hilton, amongst all people in this wide receiver room, is happy that we're getting another quarterback-friendly guy that – goes into this system that Frank Wright's built and Philip Rivers knows the system. So he's going to understand how to get the ball to T Y Hilton. And mm-hmm. uh, one thing that's been said, I mean, I'll kind of piggyback off of this. Um, You said that obviously uh he's excited for rivers. Well, he's also mentioned that, you know, once things start opening back up, you know, with regard to how the NFL is doing things right now and with COVID and everything else, um he said that as soon as things start getting better he's going to start planning to get together with Rivers and start throwing the football together kind of get that um kind of get that chemistry going kind of get the flow going a little bit better understanding the speed of the game and everything so it's really nice to see that Hilton is uh ready to get going once uh he's able to
0: yeah yeah absolutely and, and it's it's going to be so helpful especially you know, Philip Rivers, Nick Sirianni even said it in his press conference the other day. He's so receiver friendly, like he gets everybody involved. And I think that's something that's going to help T.Y. Hilton so much because we saw ever since he's been drafted, T.Y. Hilton has been the guy. And And Nick Sirianni even said, we're going to keep our offense primarily running through T.Y. Hilton. But the good news is now with Philip Rivers, you know, with drafting Michael Pittman, with signing Trey Burton, now the Colts have some more options to take the pressure off of Hilton. I think that'll just do wonders for him. Um, definitely, you know, doing wonders for him just as a receiver. You know, maybe it's something similar to Mack with the drafting of Jonathan Taylor, where he may not get the stats that we're used to him getting just because the ball has to be spread around in a, a lot and and he may not get as many touches as normally. But that could be a good thing for Hilton. You know, he's he's going to see less double man double coverage against him right he's going to get more opportunities to go one-on-one with defenders and we know what he does when he's given that opportunity Um, so I think one thing that T.Y. Hilton is certainly going to be next year especially going back to what we talked about with the injuries he's going to be a motivated guy right he's a guy that said he felt like last year being hurt this is just the competitor that T.Y. Hilton is he said I felt like I let my teammates down last year by being injured um you know things you can't control um and he said you know towards the towards the end of last season I was at 100 percent. and I just want to stay at the top of my game he said he's working out twice a day so he won't let his teammates down and he's he's so motivated he said to get out there and to be on top of his game and it's crazy for a guy who's you know has had the career that T.Y. Hilton has had he still has a chip on his shoulder Derek he still feels like he has a lot to prove right. in terms of you know, wanting to get back to where he was, you know, a couple of years ago. um, What do you think this motivation is going to do for T.Y. Hilton? And how also do you think that it could rub off on some of these young guys that the Colts have brought in, Paris Campbell, Michael Pittman, um, even Desmond Patman, you know, some of those younger guys. What do you think, just seeing how a guy like T.Y. Hilton works, right? T.Y. Hilton had Reggie Wayne to look at. Now, Reggie Wayne had Marvin Harrison to look at. What do you think just this guy that puts in that type of work every single day, how do you think that speaks to some of these younger Colts receivers?
1: Well, in training camp last year, the coaching staff and all the players said they that T.Y. Hilton's energy and just the way he uh, plays, he, he does more by playing, not by talking. He's not the kind of guy that's going to go out and talk about everything that's going on. He's going to go out there and show you what he's capable of. And then you feel that coming off as that energy there. And they said that last season, that that's that's the kind of guy he is and that, you know, before Andrew Luck went went out, I mean, they were riding high with this uh, wide receiver core. And everybody enjoys T.Y. And, you know, to hear him say that he still has that chip on his shoulder, still wants to be that guy that, you know, wants to be that sort of leader by example on the field for the wide receiver corp, uh, it's glad, I'm glad to hear that he's doing that because ultimately they need it. You know, again, they got a rookie wide receiver in uh, Michael Pittman. You practically have another rookie in Paris Campbell. He still had so little experience that you can almost deem him as a rookie still, still trying to figure things out. And obviously Zach Pascal still being young, even though Zach has been in the system for a few years now. Uh Darius Fountain uh could potentially be another guy to slip up there into the uh into the wide receiver group. Uh he's still young, still need to get him acquainted. All this stuff. So, you know, he got a whole bunch of young guys who are under the age of 25. And here's T.Y. that's 30 years old, and he's the veteran leader. Like I mentioned, he needs to be that guy, and I'm glad that T.Y. Hilton is accepting that role. Uh, Let's just hope that it rubs off.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and one thing that Hilton was also asked about is, you know, getting the ball just in his hands quicker, which I feel like is not something we have seen a lot that the Colts have done in T.Y. Hilton's career. I mean, normally you think of T.Y. Hilton, a guy that's going to run, 50 yards and, you know, beat everybody on the back end and score a touchdown. That's what I think about when I hear the name T.Y. Hilton. But, you know, he was asked about that, and Frank Rock even talked about it at the end of the season about getting the ball into T.Y. Hilton's hands more. You know, we always talk about Harris Campbell, Naheem Hines, those type of players. I think a lot of people forget that when T.Y. Hilton has the ball in his hands, he can be super dangerous. Um, How do you think that could potentially help Hilton's game here in 2020 if the Colts do more things like they would do with a Paris Campbell and a Naheem Hines, you know, screen pass, letting T.Y. Hilton just make a play. How do you think that could help elevate this Colts offense potentially in 2020?
1: Well, I mean, at this moment in time, the only person that, you know, you have two t- players in T.Y. Hilton, Paris Campbell, Naheem Hines, guys like that, that you can make plays with their feet. You don't want them to try and go over the top and make big catches. You want them to to have the ball in their hands so they can make plays with their feet. That's what they've always done, and that's what they're best at. Um, th- that's That was something that we need to do, getting those more out routes and the slant routes, the stuff that T.Y. Hilton can get the ball in his hands quickly and then be able to get those, it, those plays out in the middle of the field. They're going to let him just do what he does best, which is burn people and hurt you with his agility. I mean, there's so many times that, Andrew Luck was able to get him the ball just out in open space and then just let T.Y. do the rest. I mean, even if you remember uh, when the Colts faced the Chargers, I don't even remember how many years ago it was, but Philip Rivers was referencing about how, uh, th- how T.Y. Hilton had that game-winning touchdown in uh, the fourth quarter when uh, the Colts were facing them in Lucas Oil. It's just one of those things, again, T.Y. Hilton – Getting the ball quicker, that was a—that was an emphasis for the whole team last year. We weren't necessarily getting the ball out of the hands quick enough, right? And I think Phillip Rivers knows that. Um, even with, I do project at the beginning of the season, uh, Phillip Rivers is probably going to get rid of the ball a lot quicker than what he normally does. Because he's still not going to understand. I know he trusts the offensive line, right? He obviously understands that. But even with that understanding, you still have to go into it knowing that, okay, I'm not understanding the flow of it because we haven't faced actual competition. I'm going to have to try and get the ball out of my hands quicker. Just get them out quicker, get a feel, and then as the weeks go on, then you'll start seeing Phillip Rivers settle down in the pocket a little more for those more of those deep throws. But, yeah, getting the ball out quicker – certainly uh, helps T.Y. Hilton's game, and it just helps the Colts' game as they have so many other guys that can just kill you with their speed.
0: hmm And going back to that Chargers game, I want to touch on that real fast. You know, Phillip Rivers was talking about that. I think it was just a simple slant pattern, T.Y. What? Hilton against Jason Verrett, the Chargers corner, and Hilton just catches it and takes it to the house 60 yards. And so that just shows you how dangerous he is when he just has open space in front of him. And I certainly think that's something that Frank Reich rec- recognizes they didn't do the greatest at last year. Um, and just a guy like Philip Rivers, you know, he's a guy that that definitely is not afraid um, to just dump it off sometimes if need be and get the ball out of his hands quickly because he, I think he understands, Frank Reich understands, and everybody understands that Philip Rivers isn't going to outrun anybody in a 40 time, right? He's not going to beat anybody to the edge. He's not Andrew Luck. He's not Lamar Jackson by any means. You know, he's a guy that's going to need to get the ball out of his hands and let the guys who are paid to run fast make those plays. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to throw one more stat out to you, Derek. It's kind of a really telling stat, honestly, um, of how valuable and important T.Y. Hilton is to this Colts offense. The Colts, when T.Y. Hilton is inactive, they're 1-9 in nine in games without him. And they were 1-5 in five last year. Um, they've only won one game, and that was a home win over Jacksonville. That's the only game they've ever won when T.Y. Hilton has not been active. So you just know, you know when T.Y. Hilton's on the field, it doesn't matter if he's, you know, has, he's dominating the game or not. The Colts are better when T.Y. Hilton is on the field rather than not being on the field. And so super, super important to have T.Y. Hilton just active, doing things. It just helps your offense so, so much. Um, But, yeah, you know, it can't be understated how valuable T.Y. Hilton is to this team. I feel like a lot of people have been talking about the other additions that the Colts have had and not really thinking about, man, T.Y. Hilton, he's a guy that could potentially, you know, break out and have another 1,000-yard season. He's done it so much in his past. You know, he turns 31 in November, so um, Hilton could be one of the few wide receivers who, you know, historically there hasn't been a ton that have reached the 1,000-yard mark um, after 30 but he could be one of those guys that could potentially do that. And it's super exciting, especially with this receiver-friendly offense the Colts are going to run. Um, this vertical passing offense was, serves T.Y. Hilton obviously very well. How that impacts him and how that you know potentially could help him get back to his previous form in terms of the stats. So that's kind of our take there on the T.Y. Hilton press conference. Derek, I know you wanted to talk about uh, Kenny Moore. He was also on with the media, the Colts corner. I mean, he had a lot of interesting tidbits and things that he talked about um, with the defensive side of the ball. So take it away here.
1: Yeah, so obviously uh, the big one that everybody was talking about was, you know, they're asking him about Xavier Rhodes and what he's bringing to the uh, corner group. So Kenny Moore said that he's been working out with Xavier Rhodes in Florida over the last few weeks, and uh, Xavier Rhodes has actually been taking that leadership role inside the secondary locker room uh during meetings and stuff you know just kind of asserting himself as that veteran presence so that's really good to see uh I, I, it's not surprised to me but uh, you know i kind of saw a lot of people wondering how much uh, Xavier Rhodes is actually going to impact them what well, already sounds like he's already doing his due diligence as is uh Cody what's your reaction to seeing Xavier Rhodes already taking that leadership role for the indianapolis colts in that secondary
0: i mean yeah that's great to hear especially considering the lack of accountability the colts had last year on both sides of the ball um you know just seeing the collapses that they had last year you know Matty reflu's talking about how the colts just need to you know close out games they had historically last year they could not close out certain games they they would fall apart at the end and a lot of one possession games that they could have won, but they ended up losing. And so I think it's certainly exciting to have a guy like that. You know, we look at Phillip Rivers, seems like he's already starting to take control of that offense. Um, and and it's, it's really encouraging to see a guy, you know, a guy who's been all pro pro bowl level, just taking control of that defense. And hopefully this is more of the accountability that, that Chris Ballard talked about the Colts were lacking last year. And I, and hopefully this is something that, Um, is a sign of things to come for this Colts defense. Not a guy that, you know, yeah, obviously you want to make friendships. You want to have good relationships with everybody. But there comes a time and place where I think, you know, friendship and accountability, like they can't get in the way of each other here, right? You have to hold somebody accountable, but you also, you know, it doesn't mean you can't be their friend, right? You know, sometimes I feel like the best friends are the ones that hold you accountable. And so I'm certainly – excited um, to hear about that just early on. You know, not a ton that you can do right now, but just seeing the guys like Philip Rivers, Xavier Rhodes, guys that were brought in to do this, already taking control of their respected, uh, uh, respected position groups. I certainly think that's that's encouraging and should be encouraging to hear from a Colts standpoint.
1: Yep, absolutely. Well, I think that's going to do that for us, guys. Uh, Cody, did you have anything else you wanted to add before we leave?
0: Um... Well, Kenny Moore talked about T.Y. Hilton. He said he's the best wide receiver I've ever gone against, so have that. I'm trying to find anything else. Um, one thing that Kenny Moore kind of talked about with Rocky Sen, um, he said he's still learning, he's still improving. Mm-hmm. One thing that uh, – I, I love this quote from Kenny Moore. He's really taken a leadership role with that Colts defensive back group. He told, he told him last year, he said, if you expect to be perfect, don't even come on the field. And one thing that he said about, you know, speaking of vocal leadership, it seems like Rocky Sen, according to Kenny Moore – has become more vocal than he was in year one, now going into year two. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kenny Moore also just talking about how he's feeling really good after that high ankle sprain last year that ended his 2019 season. Um, so yeah, there, there's just different things, different tidbits from that conversation that I think are, are valuable and, and interesting little nuggets of information there. Um, but yeah, no, it seems like a lot of these corners are have decided and kind of gotten Chris Ballard's message about accountability Mm-hmm. Are now deciding we're going to be more vocal this year. You know we're we're gonna we're gonna help lead the charge for some of these younger guys. You know Pierre Desir is obviously gone, so Xavier Rhodes needed to fill that void, and maybe Xavier Rhodes is more of a vocal leader. You know who knows? Yep. But it seems certainly seems like right now the Colts corners got the message that Chris Ballard is trying to send to his locker room, and they decided they want to be leaders amongst this amongst this defense, and they don't want to they don't want to repeat what happened at the end of 2019 especially at that defensive back group. And so certainly encouraging just to see all the way around a lot of these guys taking ownership, taking responsibility, and taking up those leadership roles. So that's all I got, um, all the comments that I'm making here on some of these defensive backs from Kenny Moore's conference with the media.
1: Yeah, and especially with you know the coronavirus going around, with the way these players have to – Uh, change the way they teach each other i mean people have to be more vocal you have to be able to be vocal and be present in a surrounding area even if you're not with people so you have to continue to find those guys who are going to be those assertive forces on both sides and it's good that the veterans like xavier rhodes and philip rivers are doing that all right well that's gonna Mm -hmm. do that for this podcast guys thank you so much for the support We love you guys, and as always, go Colts!